0: Welcome to another episode of Civic Cipher. I'm your host, Ramses Jock. I go
1: by the name Q Ward. Um, Ramses called me that and my mom, so I'm just kind of stuck with it. Yes, indeed. Uh, And we are
0: back up in your one more game. Great show lined up for you today, so be sure to stick around. Um, We are going to hopefully have a little fun this show. Um, I wanted it to kind of settle, but there was a stand-up comedian who had a special come to Netflix And uh, he brought up some really interesting points, some some themes that we talk about here on the show. But uh, to have someone else say them, it was just kind of like reassuring to know that these things are being talked about outside of, you know, more serious uh, platforms. And then also for folks who may have seen it or even may not have seen it. um, It gives us an opportunity to just, you know, give you some perspective into what life might be like. For your brothers and sisters of African descent um, In addition to that We are also going to be talking about um, Kim Potter and, and the trial that she's uh, Dealing with right now um, She is the officer that You know, we talked about on the show before She was trying to apprehend a suspect who was fleeing And she says that she meant to grab her taser and instead grabbed her gun and ended the young man's life and so now her trial is underway and i have some thoughts on that that a lot of people might not like but you know we we do have to talk about these things and and hopefully we're going to get through them and of course a lot of other things to stick around for as well so uh yeah so just stay tuned a lot coming your way uh but first we're going to talk about this, Michael Che. So, uh, first off, have you seen that? Uh, um, oh wait, first off, we're going to do Ebony Excellence. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So, you got excited, yeah, man. Um, so, Ebony Excellence. I do want to shout out uh, Megan the Stallion because uh, she graduated from college this week, and uh, she used the hashtag Megan the Graduate. Um, you know, something funny. That's you
1: know? dope megan the graduate is dope
0: yeah but I, I don't know why she doesn't call herself megan the mayor because megan the, the stallions are male horses and mares are women horses but you know that's beyond well, what we're she talking about here
1: all that from us and by us i mean men like oh, men yeah. refer to women that are as her. a stallion
0: okay that's fair that is true but anyway um yeah she graduated she walked across the stage i got a chance to see the video loved it um and uh, she graduated from texas southern university her bachelor of sciences health in health administration um and she told people magazine last year that she wanted to complete her degree in part to honor the memory of her late mother who died in 2019 Um, she also discussed her goal of becoming a hospital administrator so uh, shout out to her for that this also uh allowed me to bring up another point um and this is another part of ebony excellence uh And that's that uh, among African-Americans between 2009 and 2010, um, statistics show that black women accounted for 68 percent of associate's degrees, 66 percent of bachelor's degrees and 71 percent of master's degrees, 65 percent of doctorate degrees awarded to black students. So women are doing black women are doing a lot better than black men. And then the other part of this is that. By both race and gender, uh, the study also shows that black women are enrolled in college at a higher percentage rate than any other group, including white women, Asian women, and white men. So, shout out to Megan the Stallion, but also shout out to black women for really, uh, you know, uh, making their education a priority. Can't make this up, man. This is this is an awesome thing to see. So,
1: Black women leading the world in everything positive, it seems. Uh, hey, that's, that's what we need. We need more of that. Yeah. So. Um, Uh, Oh, yeah,
0: and and real quick, I do want to let you know I was using Huffington Post and Essence Magazine to uh, source that material there. All right, so now, Michael Che, Shame the Devil. Have you seen this at all, Q?
1: I have. I've seen it twice. Uh, A bit more subdued than his last special, Um, but I think it's because he was tackling some even more serious topics his his last special um, black lives matter had just lit fire and i remember watching that special because he said in jest you know it's controversial for black lives to matter isn't that crazy and he just kept saying it over and over again because it should have As ridiculous as you may have thought it was for him to say it over and over again, it should have been ridiculous for it to need to be said in the first place.
0: I I remember him saying uh, he's like, really semantics. And it just shows just how juvenile that whole response that all lives matter response is to that. But, you know, as it turns out, um, like Dave Chappelle, uh, this guy is willing to go in that direction and you know handle that dead on now i don't want to tell his jokes you know for those who haven't seen it i really want you to um go and watch it and if you haven't seen it watch both specials if you have time sure sure but if you haven't seen it um i can't promise i I will just say spoiler alert you know i'm gonna try not to tell the jokes but i do want to kind of make the points you know this is you know a a national global platform you know and Again, with him bringing up some points that we talk about on the show, it just is meaningful for us to revisit them. So one of the things that he said, he says, I feel American until I'm around something very American. And I know that you know what that means, but you may not know how that feels, right? So... It's interesting You know, there's something that I say all the time um, Because, you know, people approach me And a lot of, you know We're critical of A lot of institutions in this country Especially on the show We're very critical of of the way policing is done The way voting is handled Especially in poor communities Black and brown communities, etc And a lot of folks a, A convenient way of inconvenient for us, but a convenient way for them to attack our various positions is to call us anti-American. Um, like, we don't love this country. If we don't love this country, we can just leave or something like that. It's it's very dismissive, and it doesn't really engage, right? And, you know, I always thought that, that was a fla- that's flawed logic. It's a flawed argument, and it never holds up when it's direct it like directly in my face mm-hmm. you know on social media or whatever of course people can get off whatever they want um and you really have to rope someone into into a conversation th- that they're never prepared to have i promise you that not with me at least um but you know we do love this country you know i i, I think i'll speak for most of us when i say that you know i probably even venture to say i speak for the vast majority you know i can't say all of anyone you know but you know the country itself is not bad you know the country this is a rich country this is a country that has made some some notable progress in a lot of areas and of course you know there's a lot long way to go but for everyone to just be comfortable oh we elected a black president um you know that isn't the finish line you know there's some really measurable um tangible statistical things that we are really trying to accomplish you know barack obama we love that but that was almost symbolic in nature right
1: and it's still the exception to exactly the rule exactly look at every other president in our history before and since more of the same absolutely so um
0: i equate this to my my child or my children you know um we'll we'll pick one I have two boys either one of them right my child right I love my child I love this country I want my child to be better no matter what he's doing no matter how good you think my child is I want my child to be better I want my child to always strive to be better And even if he's the best that he can be, to still push himself to be even better than that, right? I think that's something that can coexist with love, right? And granted, I would not criticize my child because my child is not an adult. But when I think of the United States of America, I think of it as a mature enough country to withstand some criticism, right? doesn't mean I don't love the country, right? So... Um, You know when Michael Chase says this I feel American until I'm around Something very American What he's talking about is How about the flag Right On holidays When we see that flag It matters You know what I mean Like especially like You know uh National holidays When we go to the post office You see the flag You know Maybe a fire department Or you know A school You know you see that flag waving I pledge allegiance to the flag This is a part of all of it. We all grew up here Right we see these war movies. We want the USA to win. are still the good guys and always will be. This is our country. We were born here. We'll die here, right? It's not until you find that almost seemingly out-of-place flag where it starts to feel like, uh-oh, I'm around something very American. I'll give you an example. If I'm driving down the road... And I see a truck, it's a truck. It belongs on the road with me. If I'm driving down the road and I see a truck with a flag hanging out of the back of it, I feel like this person is racist. That might sound like an insane leap. You know, I know that if you're listening to my voice, you might feel like. Oh, this is just somebody who's super patriotic or obviously this is a Republican person. That's that's their deal or whatever. But for me, it's almost like my mind goes to the worst possible place. Like this person would rather me not live here because if I wave the flag, I'm I know that I'm being patriotic. This is my country. This is our country. We love it. We celebrate it. You know,
1: I think it's semantic that you just
0: I'm going to get to it. Didn't
1: even do on purpose. This is our country is different than this, Th- this is, is my country. country. Right. And and over there, it's only
0: this is my country. Right. Or when they say this is our country,
1: it's, they, it's exclusive. They're, they're our excludes. Yeah, it's exclusive. Anyone it's else. It's not right. It's not we. It's we. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see me, but <laughs>
0: there was a difference in those. We in those we's. Yes, indeed. So um, an interesting Uh, Way of saying that I feel American until I'm around something very American, but I think it's very true it It just Feels different Um, And I do want to share this Um, Dr. Westenberg, who's a sometimes contributor to the show here uh, Dr. Camilla Westenberg, she works with the NAACP, comes up all the time Um, She took me to meet uh, Jesse Jackson a few months ago And Uh, You know, this was a very democratic, very blue organization putting on this event. And all the people there obviously subscribe to similar um, political ideologies and beliefs. But they were passing out flags. And I'm wondering, like, why is everyone passing out these flags? And then Dr. Westenberg told me something. She said, this is our country, too. And we cannot let them take the flag. We cannot let them give the flag a different meaning from what it actually means. This flag represents us too. And so, ever since then, I the same flag she gave me it hangs out in front of my house, along with my "Everyone is welcome, no matter what language you speak" sign. I have like a yard sign that says that, and then I have a huge Black Lives Banner, Black Lives Matter banner uh, in my garage. So all those things can coexist, um, but. I just to his point. I feel American until I'm around something very American. I thought that was such a potent bar that I wanted to, to address that. So, moving on. There's something else he says. You know, um, in the special, he asks. You know, um, the way the way it comes up is like uh, when you're talking to a non-black person, a, perhaps most notably a white person, and you say to them, "Do you love America?" very easily they can say, yes, I love America. Right. Um, but you know, and the joke was when you ask the same question to a black person, do you love America? The black person's response will be like, well, I love Brooklyn, I you love know, Com- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Harlem is dope. So, um, that's another thing that's very telling. Right. So, Q and I have been very fortunate we've traveled to all the states in fact uh my fiftieth state I'm going to Alaska in January, so um I'll, I'll knock them all out but uh, there's no one who's been to more states than me because I've been to all of them and um, I know that feeling because I've driven through Bucksnort, Tennessee you know I've been, I had to stop at the Waffle House I've shared the story you know we've been pulled over in Mississippi that's a story we've shared many times. times yeah yes, sir um. And if you look back on it, the the craziest thing is, I mean, we both know this. We drove through Alabama. We drove through Mississippi. There's no way to say.
1: Louisiana, Texas. All of them.
0: All of them. But those two in particular, you know this because we talked about it. There's no way to say that those places weren't absolutely gorgeous. Oh, my God. Just the majesty of the lay of the land, just a beautiful place. But if you were to ask, do I like them? Alabama, are you, cr-? you know what I mean? Um, and it's because, you know, I think to Michael Chase's point, certain parts of this country don't feel very welcoming. Um, it feels like you're going to have a tougher time you know, like those sundown towns, you know, that's still a real thing, you know, in a lot of places. And if you don't know where to go, it's just like any, any place for folks who do, do any traveling. If you don't know where to go
1: or where not to go
0: or wh- that more specifically, where not to go, things can be very scary. Well, it's not just a, well, someone might rob me if you're black and in the wrong part of town. You know, it's more like the good old boys might pull up in their trucks and lynch me and everyone will have a good laugh about it and that, that fear is very real so when he says well I like Brooklyn you know um, I think he's pointing out that very thing um, and for those that maybe that joke didn't really land maybe that gives a bit more context now uh, to add to that I thought this was funny he said if there was a black American flag there would be like 11 stars and they'd, <laughs> they'd be for certain cities they wouldn't even be for states I thought that was so cool but um. The uh, you know, back to this flag thing. There was a bar that he that he dropped in this in his standup special. He says that you know you you might find more Puerto Rican flags in a black neighborhood than American flags, and the like. I know Puerto Ricans. Shout out to Theo Geo. You know what I mean. Um, I I was raised by Puerto Ricans, and and I'm part of my ancestry is Cuban. My grandmother's from the island of Cuba. So that pride, uh, is a very different type of pride than what we now know to be that American pride. Like I grew Mm -hmm. up with that flag. I never at any part of my life. Did that flag intimidate me until about maybe we'll call it 2017, 2018. Then it started to mean something a little different, right? Uh, no, 2016, right in there. Um, where it started to take on a whole new meeting where it didn't represent me or us or it didn't feel like a happy symbol or something that everyone could be on board with. It felt like it was being co-opted away from the us that lives here to the them that really feels like they have claim to the the actual land and no one else does. Um And so to his point that there's more Puerto Rican flags in a black neighborhood than American flags. I don't think that that really is indicative of anti-American sentiment as much as it is indicative of, um, you know, that flag with its history and the current way it's being deployed almost in an it's it almost feels like an attack, you know, on anyone whose skin is not, you know, Anyone who doesn't trace their ancestry through the Caucasus mountain range, i.e. Caucasian folks, um, it it feels like there's perhaps a bit of a disconnect there. And not because we want that, but because that has been what what has been imposed. Whereas the Puerto Rican flag?
1: It's all love. The context is far more intimidating now, and that's intentional. Um, And that inclusive versus exclusive um, is very pronounced you know what I mean like it's meant to feel that way and we and it <laughs> they, they get their point across exactly very well without even having to say anything it makes it strange like you said a pickup truck with a massive american flag flying from it says something to us loud and clear that's very different yeah so you know
0: to his point he says that um you know the the flag reminds white folks of american history you know what I mean and it should but the same flag also reminds black folks of American history. And the way he says it was like, "Oh, you it, eh, you know. So um, another point he makes uh, just kind of connected. But he says that, you know, listening to the national anthem feels kind of like listening to R. Kelly now. Forgive I me. That I, was hilarious. I got to tell this joke. He said uh, it feels like listening to R. Kelly now. It still feels good. It's just hard to not think about that other thing. Right. And what a bar, what a bar, you know, um, obviously 2020 grew a lot of us up, you know, educated a lot of us, brought a lot of history out, let a lot of us know where we stood, you know, and we can trace this back to Kaepernick and even the reason that Kaepernick decided to kneel was because there was a string of police shootings and no accountability. These lives are just expendable and you can trace that trend back to before, uh, um, um, Trayvon Martin because remember Trayvon Martin was when people said enough is enough and that was in Some 2012 people. yeah well that's when Black Lives Matter as a movement began and the hashtag first appeared um, so you were talking 10 years strong since it since it got to the point where enough was enough and, Tr- and Trayvon Martin uh, was, was murdered in, in Florida by uh, what's that guy's name doesn't matter um and so, yeah, you know, and then all the context and all the, you know, everything that has come up over over the past decade, you know, a lot of children have grown up with this as the backdrop for their childhood. You know, a lot of adults now feel like, oh my gosh, I've, this is something I really have to deal with. And a lot of other people are like, hey man, you know what, I've, I've ducked it for my whole life, I can duck it the rest of my life, you know. But the fact is, is that the nat- national anthem being divisive, um, it's not like I, I I don't feel you know I, I have conversate black conversations. I live a black life, I have a black family, you know, these sorts of things. I'm definitely plugged into the black, we'll call it collective consciousness. I have to be in order to do this show. we both do. Um, there is no strong uh, feeling against the national anthem the The strongest feeling has been, hey, look. This is something that occurs. This is something that is visible. If we're going to protest, this is something that we can do because this is our way of charging the country to do better. And, and we're, that's and we're so
1: gracious. Right. There's actual anti us. Lyrics in, in, in the, the anthem, anthem. <laughs> yeah, still And we still stand with our hands on our hearts like it's really. There's a lot of credit that we don't get that we should. Sure. Sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, and this isn't really in the same vein, but I thought it was really, um, potent and I did want to share this as well. There's, uh, a bar that he's, he gives in this special and he says, he's talking about depression and he says that, you know, um, depression implies that your life is so good that you shouldn't feel sad. Like sadness is not a thing. That you should experience, right? And he's making a joke. And for anybody that battles depression, this is this is made in jest. And it, he's trying to make a different point, not trying to pick on anyone. Nor am I. I would never do that. But his point was, I think, il- illustrated when he said, imagine a slave picking cotton. You know, um, because that's a pretty depressing, pretty grim reality. But... You know, if you feel like your life is so good that you should never be sad, then you have the, the space to be uh, depressed.
1: You have the space to consider it an illness.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: To point that something must be wrong, that you're sad because your life is so incredible. Isn't that crazy?
0: So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things, th- these and other things. Obviously, we didn't touch on everything, but. Um, I, I highly recommend watching it. The show is called Michael Che, Shame the Devil. It's on Netflix. Um, it didn't come out recently. You know, it came out a while ago. We waited to to do this. We've been wanting to do this for a while. Let
1: them know what you mean by a while, because it, it did come out
0: rather recently. Oh, ra- rather recently, but we didn't get it the first weekend. How right. about that? So it was maybe like a month and, month and a half ago, something like that, it came out. But plenty of time for it to, you know, for us not to take his material and then, you know, spoil it for you so um and plus despite us having gone through these it's still very watchable it's very entertaining very funny
1: premiered last month by the way. last month
0: okay um but also i think that it's um something that might give you a little bit more in the way of perspective uh i think that the more we know how each other's lives is the more we can empathize and you know the more right ultimately that we can do by each other and that's the point of this show and that's hopefully what we will leave you with so stick around your radios we're coming back with more civic cipher right after this